It's time for Fed Talk, the live show for Feds in the Know. From federal agencies to Capitol Hill, the attorneys of Shaw, Bransford, and Roth bring in experts from across the federal community to bring you inside the issues. Fed Talk is meant to provide general information about legal issues. However, the views expressed in this program are not intended to provide legal counseling. Listeners are cautioned not to rely upon any statements made in resolving legal issues they may face, but instead to consult with their own attorney about specific situations. Attorneys are not engaged in providing legal services while appearing on the program and are not responsible in any manner for the consequences that may stem directly or indirectly from reliance on any statement made during this program. Good morning and welcome to Fed Talk. I am Tony Vernetti from Feds, Federal Employee Defense Services, and today is Friday, December 4th, 2015. Can't believe we're in December already. And I believe this is my last show for the year, so in the spirit of the upcoming holiday season, I have a present for all of you today. I'm going to try to help you save some money. As most of you know, we are in the final weeks or so of open season for federal employees, which is that time of year where feds and retirees are hopefully looking at their health benefits and making sure they have the right plan for them and are taking advantage of some of the savings that might be available to them, especially since, as we all know, the overall cost of health care seems to be going up and up each year. And we're very, very fortunate to have in studio with me today for the whole hour someone who I like to call the man when it comes to health insurance in the federal government, uh, Mr. Walt Francis. Walt is an economist and the author of the Annual Consumer's Checkbook Guide to Health Plans for Federal Employees, which for the past 37 years or so has really been the signature reference book uh, for health plans and other insurances in the federal government. Walt, good morning and welcome to the show. Uh, good morning to you, Tony. Before we get started, I want to remind everyone that Fed Talk is brought to you by Federal Long-Term Care Partners. Long-Term Care Partners administers Office of Personnel Management-sponsored Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program. For more information, go to www.ltcfeds.com. That's www.ltcfeds.com. So, Walt, let's start our discussion off by just kind of introducing open season and what open season is really all about um, for federal employees, uh, specifically those who are kind of new to the federal government, and why it's really an important time for them to be paying attention to what's going on with their benefits. Sure. Um it's uh, the FPHPP is one of the most successful federal programs. It I don't want to say I can't really say it practically runs itself, but it's close to that end of the spectrum as as you can get. Um, unlike a lot of most private employers who have a one size fits all health plan, everybody has to join, and some bureaucrat in the, you know has decided we will or we will not cover acupuncture or chiropractor, and you know and you and you take it or leave it. The federal government lets private plans compete for your business, okay? And they compete on coverage, on quality, and on cost, uh, premium cost. And you get the benefit of each plan striving to maximize uh, the way it handles. It wants to attract more enrollees, okay? And so it's always seeking to improve its product. Um, there are in the DC, in the country, there are about 250 plans to choose from. Most of them are local HMOs. In the D.C. metro area, there are 33. So uh, there are a lot of choices. And then we come to this. Well, uh, I give my employees one choice. (laughs) (laughs) They like it or they don't. (laughs) Um, And to give people those choices, there is an annual open season. There's this one-month period where 
You can, you know, decide I want to move from plan A to plan B. But what a lot of part, a lot of what you're going to be doing is, for example, are we going to have a baby next year? Which plan will cover maternity better? Or, gee, my doctor used to be affiliated with carrier X. He's now affiliated with carrier Y. Now you get, to, if you're a private employee, you wouldn't get, you'd be stuck. You'd have to pay him out of pocket or, or change doctors in the federal employee system. Chances are he's going to be in another plans network. And if need be, you'll change plans. So, so we're going to talk. So, you're the author of the Checkbook's Guide to, um, or the, the principal author, of Checkbook's Guide to Health Plans for Federal Employees, which you put out with Consumers Checkbook. Um, and let me just get the website out of the way um, so people can jot that down. It's www.guidetohealthplans.org. Guidetohealthplans.org. Um, so, as I mentioned at the start of the show, this has really been the signature information piece out there in the federal government that pulls, you said that you mentioned there are 200 plus plans out there that pulls all this information together. So, there's a one-stop shop place for federal employees to go to to get information. Um, so, kind of big picture, what information is included in, in the guide, in the book? Okay. Well, we do all the obvious stuff. So, we give you access to the brochures for the plans. These are 100-page very detailed descriptions of plan benefits. We give you access to tables that, you know, compare the plans in terms of uh, premium or, uh, you know, how's their dental coverage, et cetera. We go through all that, but the, but the, uh, we tell you what the deductibles and co-pays and co-insurance are. But that's stuff people can get on the OPM website. The thing we do that's unique is we actually compare the plans on an actuarial basis in terms of what's the likely cost for someone like you and your family, and, and we're varying this by age, family size, pay system, whether or not you're retired, uh, age is the big thing, but there all these factors go into what premium you pay and what medical expenses you're likely to incur. And, and uh, the premium is the for sure expense, but the out-of-pocket expenses will vary depending on whether you have a good year, an average year, or a bad year in terms of health events in your family. Some you can predict, but most you can't. You don't know if you're going to have a heart attack or a stroke or be diagnosed with some terrible disease. So what we do is give you a menu of choices where we actually show people, starting with the, the least expensive plan, whose total cost, including out-of-pocket and premium, is at the top of the table, and then the second least expensive, and so on, right on down, how much money in dollars you're likely to save in plan A versus plan B versus plan C, et cetera. Uh, and in the D.C. metro area, we have all kinds of extra features, like you could type in your doctor's names, and we'll tell you for each plan whether or not your doctor's in the network. Uh, we have quality ratings, and we include, in the, again, in the D.C. area, a roll-your-own feature where if you want to give more weight to maternity and less to diabetes or vice versa, you'll get a different quality rating because some plans do better with one category of patients than another. So that's basically a, it's a tool for simplifying all that really complicated stuff. The reason people don't change health plans is they can't stand the thought. Of it's over. It's health. overwhelming. You know, it's it's, it it's, is. it's, it's, it's well, people don't change insurances in general. Usually, in my experience, um, running an insurance company, um, but it is very overwhelming. So let me ask you practically: what kind of you know? You know, I'm sure you get this question all the time. What's the best plan? What should I have? This you know and. It's, and you know we've been doing open season shows here for the past several weeks here on Fed Talk, and we've had a lot of financial people involved, lawyers, and you know all the answers are always it depends. But that is true. I mean, it's it depends upon what you're looking for, what's in the details. But I wonder if you can give our listeners some practical advice. You know how to 
you know, how do you use the guide? Um, how user friendly is the guide? You know, because as you pointed out, all the information is quite overwhelming. Well, uh, let me first talk about the guide, and then I'll talk about the kind of advice sure. it gives. Uh, we work really hard to make it simple and easy to comprehend and to avoid confusing you. For, you know, we're giving you dollar ratings. We're not, you know, you could look up what's the copay, what's the coinsurance, and all that other stuff, but we're not focusing you on that. We want to focus you on there are some plans that are much better buys, and here's how much a better buy they are. And so, you know, I'll, a couple of examples, okay? Almost every year, in for every circumstance, the Kaiser plans just they stand out. They are, you know, they are, they have high quality and low costs, um, so, and several other HMOs that are that are very prudent buys. Aetna, Open Access, Basic, and Care First Standard. Okay, then there are uh, the traditional insurance plans, and we find every year, year after year, that certain plans there stand out in most circumstances for most people. GIA Standard Option, uh, Blue Cross Basic Option, for example, uh, NALC High Option. Uh, those plans just they they stand out in our readings every year for most people under most circumstances. And then what we're finding increasingly is the high deductible and consumer driven plans, uh, which most people are afraid to even think about, are are standout buys. And just about every one of them, okay, there's a GIA high deductible, there's a MHBP high deductible care. The, this year it's a, a uh, well not this year new, but Care First has a high deductible plan. So they've expanded from their traditional HMO offering. Um, and there's a plan that's two years old, Aetna Direct, which we find is not only a good buy for almost everyone, it's an exceptional buy for people with Medicare Parts A and B. Because, and we'll get into the Medicare, but it's got this wraparound feature. And if you go to a high deductible plan that waives your deductible so you don't have to pay it, then you then that's a huge saving in that kind of plan because that's that's part of their you know, design is to have a high deductible. And for you people on Medicare, the deductible goes away. Now, I know you talked about the methodology a little bit, that it's um, actuarial-based. Um, what about customer experience? Is that taken at all into consideration? Like you mentioned, Kaiser rates well each year. You know, is there is there a place in there to say that people, you know, have had a good experience, you know, with oh, Kaiser? Oh, absolutely. Things like um, that. OPM was a pioneer, along with Checkbook. And we worked together on the very first surveys of plan enrollees to find out how satisfied they were with plan service. And over the years, that evolved in something called CAPS. It's Anyway, there's now a mandatory survey. It's used for most health insurance in America um, that where a large sample of enrollees in every plan are asked, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, how high do you rate your overall experience with this plan? And then they're asked a whole series of questions like claims processing, paperwork, access to doctors, finding the doctors you need, getting extra help, et cetera, any dimension that you might expect you'd, you'd want to have good service for. So we have CAPS ratings for almost every plan. There's always a few new ones that haven't got that in yet. Uh, and the differences are pretty substantial, okay? So we're, you know, one of the things we tell you, again, it's sort of you can array the plans in order of which ones have the best quality all the way down to the lowest right. quality in terms of, they're members and enrollees' own experiences. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. I'm here with Walt Francis, the author of the Consumer's Checkbook Guide to Health Plans for Federal Employees. We'll continue our discussion after this break and a word from our sponsor. 
Make long-term care insurance part of your retirement plan. Long-term care is expensive, and it's not covered by traditional types of insurance plans. With benefits designed specifically for the federal family, the Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program offers a smart way to help protect savings and assets and remain independent should you need long-term care services someday. Start planning for the future. Take the next step and visit ltcfeds.com today. That's ltcfeds.com. Welcome back to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. I'm Tony Vernetti, and I'm talking with Walt Francis, the author of the Consumer's Checkbook Guide to Health Plans for Federal Employees. And, Walt, we were talking about the checkbook and, and kind of, you know, all the stuff that it does, how it, how it you know, rates the plan and, how, you know, how you can plug in, plug and play, what, what you're looking for, and, and, and it's a very user-friendly one. Um, I was wondering if you could um, kind of – blew right past it, but let's talk a little bit of how people get access to it. You know, do agencies have it available? Do employees have to purchase it themselves? Does OPM have it available? How do people get access to the to the book, and is there an online version? Okay, uh, all the answers to all the above. First, there are two versions. There's a print version and an online version. They both cost about 10 bucks. I don't even know the price. Okay, and you can go to our website, or call checkbook, but go to our website and you can say, I want to buy the online version or I want to buy the print version. Um, there's, however, a very important feature we offer on the website. This is the guide, this is the um, guide to health plans, all one word.org website. We actually give the text of the guide free to anyone who goes to that website. So all the advice, how to deal with the should I, should I not join Medicare Part B? Uh, how does self plus one work? Uh, you know, what plans are good deals this year? All that, the advice, the word advice is there free. The only part you don't see are the actual plan ratings. Okay. Uh, I actually but, printed that out in preparation for the show. But I must confess I haven't read it. <laughs> uh, well, I forget have you, you for you that. You go to the chapter that matters to you. If right. you want to look up dental and, you know, you read our dental chapter. Um, but the other thing I want to ex- emphasize on that same home page, there's something else. It's very important to a hell of a lot, pardon my French, of federal employees. Is your agency subscribing to the plan to give to the guide to give a free copy to all employees? Okay, free access. And uh, literally dozens and dozens of federal departments and agencies uh, provide free access to all their employees. And you may not know you have that access because. Who reads those annual messages from the human resources people that say, "Hey, it's open season. You ought to pay attention." And if you and and do we even if we look at the first page of that message, do we scroll down to page three where they say, "By the way, we're giving you free access to Checkbook's Guide," and you don't even know what Checkbook's Guide is? Right. Well, hey, you may have free access and not know it. So go to our website or check with your agency HR people. Uh, and if you have free access, that's great. We can't, you know, it's just the agencies save money when you make a wise plan choice because they pay close to three fourths of the premium cost. Uh, you save money, right? You know, as, as we estimate savings running up to two thousand dollars a year and more from from wise plan choices. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm always puzzled when I do a show with you each year about this. Why more agencies or all the agencies aren't subscribing to it because it, it is. You know, there is this platform of education that they're involved in, you know, with, with insurances in general, health, all their benefits. And this just helps employees make a more informed um, decision. Um, so I would, I, you know, they have health season. They, you know, all, you know, we bring people, all companies out to provide their information. 
um, I just would think they should be more involved in, you know, not that they're not, and just facilitating um, this information. Um, so again, folks who are listening, the website is guidetohealthplans.org. If you want to give them a call, it's 800-213-SAVE or 202-347-7283. That's guidetohealthplans.org. So Walt, let's jump into um, kind of the open season highlights for 2016. Um, our premiums, I guess premiums are definitely up. From two th- from this year, they're up about seven percent on average, and uh, but that hides two two big things. One is there's plan by plan variation. Some plans every year have lower premiums. Some plans go up more than the average. Okay, uh, Blue Cross Standard, unfortunately, and APW High Option went up more than average. Okay, other plans uh, stayed very steady, including Blue Cross Basic. Um, the um, the per, but the other big change this year is the new Self Plus One option, right, right. which means that instead of a 7% premium increase, if you're a couple or a single parent with one child, you may be able to hold your premium level or even go down from where you are if you switch to Self Plus One. And you actually have to do that. I mean, you have to go online to the OPM website if you're an annuitant or to uh, Employee Express if you're an employee or to your HR people if your agency doesn't have Employee Express, and you actually have to make a positive set change. And if you make that change, you're going to save typically one to 200 bucks. Uh, you know, it's a nice little Christmas present. That's interesting. So you think people who would fall into the self plus one, you know, category think that they can do nothing and they would, they would get that plan. I think a lot of them think really? that. a lot of them haven't thought about it at all. Mm. So there's a group that never heard of it. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, you know, your listeners now have heard of it. Right. Well, I mean, let's be, just quickly break that down. I mean, so if I'm a single parent, you know, and I'm in Blue Cross, you know, basic, you know, standard, and I've typically had the family, so it includes, you know, my, my son or daughter. Um, so now I'm eligible for the self plus one, my child, that I have to make an actual choice to be able to get those immediate you savings. Do. Um, but do they have to, what are the things to consider as to whether, I mean, is it automatic? If you qualify, should you be opting for that? Or yeah, are there things? You should, well, there are a few plans in which self plus one premium is higher. So uh-huh. you actually have to check to make sure that you're in one of those that went down. The great majority went down. But it's not a slam dunk as to which way a plan comes out because a plan that has a disproportionate number of elderly enrollees without Medicare, that's the really expensive group in this in this program, uh, the plan has to cover the costs of the people in the in the plan. And if a bunch of the self-plus-one people would be those kinds of retired couples, empty nesters, uh, you know, little kids are cheap, but old folks right. are not. Right. So you have to check. And the amount of the saving varies a lot from plan to plan. That said, it, the benefits are completely identical to the family benefits. You lose nothing. Uh, the self plus one counts for the towards the five year rule before you retire. It counts, you know. It's there. there there's nothing. There's no. There's nothing to lose as long as you join a plan where the self plus one's a little lower than the family premium. Have you seen you know during open season? Have you seen the the, the healthcare providers out there encouraging people to look at whether they're eligible for that and to make those changes? I think at a, at a health fair, when people walk up and ask, you know, plan A or plan B or plan C, what should I do? If they ask about it, the plan will tell them. They're glad to tell you, oh, yes, our self, switch to self plus one by all means, the premium is lower. Uh, but that doesn't mean they're sitting there waiting to just brief everybody on it. Right. I think there's a, a great deal of, of uh, slack in the system. As you said earlier, the information that's most helpful to you, a particular person, to get to help you make 
a reasonable choice in open season is there if you dig for it and look for it, but it's not you know, hitting you between the eyeballs. I should remind um, those that are listening that you have about 10 more days to, to open yeah, season. December closes, 14th. Closes on December 14th. So if you want to make changes, you need to make them by then. Um, but if you don't, if you're not making any changes, you don't have to do anything. It just you can just stay the course, right? Yeah, and that's what most people. Ninety-five percent of the people. Don't why change. is that? Why is it? I bet those same ninety-five percent don't even look. They don't even look, and it's a terrible mistake. Um, I mean, we, I think part of the problem is people are lazy. Part of the problem is they're happy with their health plan. Why shouldn't they be? They're used to it, and so on. They don't realize that maybe it's got an important benefit change next year that will distress them <laughs> if they knew about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't realize how much the premium has gone up relative to other plans, uh, or maybe they just they hear a lot of other people are in the plan, and gosh, that well, I'll do what my na- next door neighbor does. Well, they're ma- all making a terrible error right. because uh, the other thing is people hate to think about health insurance. I mean, it's actually, it's sort of like the, it's like going to the dentist to have a tooth pulled. Nobody wants to sit down and look at a plan brochure and think about copays and deductibles and look at, you know, and the information you may want may be buried on page 87 or something, and you won't even know to find it on that page. So, you know, that, that's why OPM has a good website. They try to help people sim- simplify their choices. The checkbook website goes a step farther. We re- our whole aim is to simplify and make you not have to wade through that massive detail uh, to find bargains. I'll tell you a quick funny story about why it's important to pay attention is when I, back in the day, when I was a baby, baby lawyer in the federal government myself, and I switched from the VA to go work for ATF, after I was with ATF for seven eight months or so, it was open season. And at that point, I was my wife had good health care. I was going to go on her program, and I was going to drop my – I had Kaiser at the time, and I went to drop it. And they said, oh, you're not enrolled at all. We never transferred your insurance over from the VA appropriately. But that's okay. Had you have you went to a doctor, you filed a claim, you would have been covered. So here's a bill for the whole year. You owe us. <laughs> so it was me being proactive. It ended up me getting getting a bill. All right. So the so the big you know much anticipated big ticket new item was the new self plus option that we talked about. Um, are there any significant other highlights? You know specific changes for 2016. I know we're going to a little bit later in the show jump into different types of plans. But is there anything? Yeah, there's there's a big change, two big changes related to Medicare. So let me just get them on the table. One of them is uh, there was a possibility of a huge 50% plus increase in Medicare Part B premiums this year. The Congress uh, worked with the administration, came up with a solution and enacted it uh, as a budget saver bill. And so premiums for the, the, the outcome is that two, about two-thirds of all federal retirees will see no change in their Part B premium. It'll still be $104.90 a month, okay? About one-third will pay either around $121 a month. This, this, would be, uh, this includes, for example, people who are newly retiring or, and newly joining Part B. And if you're a high income, if your age, adjusted gross income is 85000 or more self-only or 170000 or more, you know, couple or 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 family, uh, you're going to pay a really much higher premium. So people have to pay a lot of attention this year to the question of: Do I want to be in Part B or not? Do I have some options here? Little known secret: If you're employed in as a federal employee in a federal employee health plan past the age of 65, 
You don't need to join Medicare to avoid the Medicare late enrollment penalty. You can work till age 70, and then you can join without any penalty. But the other big change is OPM has been trying to work with the plans to get more of them to offer this Medicare wraparound deal. And they've succeeded. And what, and what does that mean? The full coverage? A, a lot of plans offer the following deal. If you have Medicare Parts A and B, you will pay nothing for hospital and doctor costs. Okay? Uh, and, and that's a big inducement to sign up for Parts A and B, even though you're paying two premiums when you sign up for Part B. You aren't going to get all your uh, premium costs back, and probably not even half. Uh, very rare to get more than half. But you, you're getting something back, and there's some other benefits of being in Part B, like being able to go out of network. Uh, we can go into some of those later. But now go back to a lot of plans now have added wraparound that didn't have it before. Let me give us an example of the Care First plans, okay, in Maryland serving the D.C. metro area. Uh, there are two of the HMO plans. The standard option is a very good buy for everybody, and it's an, it's an exceptionally good buy for people with Medicare Parts A and B. Uh, and the Care First high deductible plan is a very good buy for people with A and B. And a number of the high deductible plans uh, and consumer driven plans are exceptionally good buys. And several of them have added the, the A and B wraparound. So more choices this year than ever before for you people on Medicare. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. I'm here with Walt Francis, the author of the Consumer's Checkbook Guide to Health Plans for Federal Employees. We'll continue our discussion about how to choose the right health plan for you after this break and a word from our sponsor. Make long-term care insurance part of your retirement plan. Long-term care is expensive, and it's not covered by traditional types of insurance plans. With benefits designed specifically for the federal family, the Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program offers a smart way to help protect savings and assets and remain independent should you need long-term care services someday. Start planning for the future. Take the next step and visit ltcfeds.com today. That's ltcfeds.com. If you're a federal manager, you deal with a lot of information. Here's a tip on breaking through the noise. Join the Federal Managers Association to have a voice on Capitol Hill. And to get filtered news and information specific to managing your workforce, join the 50,000 other federal managers who already subscribe and read the free weekly e-report, fedmanager.com. I'm Todd Wells, Executive Director of the Federal Managers Association, and I approve this message. Welcome back to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. I'm Tony Vernetti, and I'm here with Walt Francis, the author of Consumer's Checkbook Guide to Health Plans for Federal Employees. Um, oh, well, when we, before we took the break, um, a little bit earlier, we talked about how many people um, don't, you know, look at, don't, don't, won't change their health plans, won't look at it, you know, during open season. Um, and I'm not sure if you mentioned it, but someone's you know, I'm comfortable in my current plan. I like it. It's worked for me. Price is right. I don't need to be worried. I don't need to look at this. But your plan can actually change from year to year as well, right? Absolutely. Uh, let, let me just say, if you, you must at least download the brochure for the plan you're in, that 100-page document, and glance at it. And I'll tell you where in a second, okay? And you can find that brochure for all plans on our website, on the OPM website, or just you know, Google the plan. Okay, search for the plan, and and you and the plan is happy to give you. You know, they'll tell you it's open season. Welcome, Feds. Join our plan, and here's our brochure. Okay, uh, and in every brochure, because OPM has 
cleverly and is a, a great customer service, has insisted that all brochures be in the same format and be written in plain English. So you actually, <laughs> in every brochure, will find a section two. And in section two, it says, here's how we change this year. Okay, and usually the changes are pretty small and don't matter to you. But every now and then, you'll see a big one. Like, we added hearing aid coverage. Or we dropped a lot of plans this year, uh, dropped uh, infertility coverage and lowered it. Okay, for I don't know why, but a lot of them did it. Uh, or maybe the procedure you need, that you know you need, is going to now require preclearance by the plan. So there's things to look at. In, and think about in the light of your family's uh, health circumstance, you should also look at least at the summary of benefits, which is the very end of each brochure, and just let your eye run down to make sure you're comfortable with where the prescription drug cost is and so on. And, of course, the very last, the back of the brochure has got the premiums for next year. Look at them. Are you comfortable with those premiums? Okay. That's the least anybody should do. Now, I think that's absolute minimum, but um, – there's plenty more you can do in the way of homework, but that's something anybody can do in half an hour. And here's a trick. When you download a brochure, it's a PDF file. You could download two or three or four, whatever. Let them sit on your computer. Don't print them, okay? Suppose you want hearing aids next year. You can search the PDF file for the word hearing, and it'll take you to the hearing aid section, okay? Or maternity. Most Many plans offer free maternity coverage. You'll pay either nothing or very close to zero, if you have a baby, but others don't do, give you that deal, okay? So you could search on maternity. The other thing I would do, let's say you have a rare condition or just an expensive condition. Talk to your physician or your drugstore, your pharmacy, about it, what plan should I be in to better coverage my condition? For example, if you're gonna have a baby, talk to your obstetrician. What does she recommend? And she'll say, oh, most of my patients are in plan X because it has really good maternity coverage or whatever. Get some imp feedback. Uh, this is especially important if you have, uh, for example, I've answered someone a few days ago on uh, behavioral uh, uh, treatment, okay, for kids with autism, applied behavioral, uh, it's called. Uh, some plans cover it and some don't. OPM's been pushing you, to, uh, the plans to cover it. But the bigger issue than whether or not the plan covers it is how well it covers it, how cover, many yeah. visits. What's the co-insurance, okay? Ask the, your therapist, okay? It's kind of a no-brainer. It's the same thing if you're looking to change plans. I mean, well, all I hear about you know, when I changed plans recently you know, for my company is, you know, is, is my doctor in this plan? Because people, you know, they form a bond with you know, their medical care professionals. They feel they know how to treat them. You know, and I'm certain the same advice applies. You want to oh, ask absolutely. them before and, you can switch. And in our, in our online guide, we actually let you do that electronically. Oh, your names, names and we'll tell you. But look, the only, in the when the final, you know, the, the bottom line is you've got to call the doctor's office. And the question isn't, what network are you in today? The question right. is, well, what network will Doc Sawbones be in come Jan, uh, January 1st? Because networks add and drop doctors, and doctors add and drop networks. Should you be asking that even when you're just going to renew and stay the same? Make sure your yeah. doctor's going to stay in How the same network. How do you know network, your doctor's right? going to still be in the plan? Or maybe right. he'll stay in the plan but not accept new patients. You'll probably be okay in that circumstance. But Or maybe you're going to get Medicare, and doctor says, well, I take, you know, I'm in the network of carrier X, but I don't take Medicare patients. I mean, you don't call and ask if it matters to you, okay? In fact, in the case of dental coverage, the 
the most important question is, what network is your dentist in? Either either in a health plan or in a standalone dental plan, because a large part of the savings come from getting network rates for your dentist. So let's let's talk a little bit about how somebody goes about um, you know getting their most bang for their buck, getting savings. Um, if you're like me, I like to you know I, I like to save one dollar if I can. And you know my, my wife always makes fun of me because it takes me three months to buy a TV. You know I got my Consumer Reports there, I'm comparing everything. Um, but what sort of what kind of you know is there a blueprint out there that somebody ought to be you know looking at when they when they look at the guide as to as to how they can compare and kind of shop. Well, I, everyone's circumstance is different, so I can't, you know, if you're going to have a baby, you got a little different set of choices and, and questions to ask than, than if, you're, uh, if you've got arthritis or if you have neither and you're healthy. Uh, I, I think the starting point for anyone, whether or not they're using our guide, except we make it immensely easier, then is are there plans that are, that are cheaper, okay? You're buying insurance, okay? If the plan benefits, uh, you know, if the plan pays roughly 80, 90% of everything, okay, now the question is, what do you have to pay to join that plan? And almost all the plans are in that 80 to 90% range, okay? So the, they don't vary nearly as much in how much you're likely to be out of pocket as they do in premium. You can't pick a plan based on premium alone. That's a terrible mistake. In fact, a couple of the lowest premium plans are terrible buys. Uh, and a, but so are a couple of the highest premium plans, terrible buys. Right. So what you want to do is is look at the plan and a couple of plans because you got to compare to see which one both has low premium and good coverage. So my out of pocket costs are likely to be low. We try to do that for you in checkbooks guide. We do do that for you, but you can do it on your own. Uh, you know, if you if you're willing to spend a few hours of of uh, doing arithmetic and stuff. So in a little bit, I want to jump into some of the some of the specifics of the plans you mentioned: the high deductible plans, consumer driven plans, the HMOs. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, difference between Blue Cross Basic and Standard. But before we get there, um, I was wondering if you could just sort of introduce this this concept of health savings accounts (HSAs) um, and the tax advantages of them. I was listening to your show, um, my Causey's show, your turn on, on Wednesday, and I. I heard you guys call it IRA on steroids. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you join a high deductible plan, it's a category of, it's a legal category, okay? I, they have to meet certain standards set by the Treasury Department. They will give you something called a health savings account, HSA. And the premium, most of which is paid by the government, okay, uh, pays the cost of that HRA. It's an, it's an account, could be HSA. Did I say HRA? Apologize. Very important. It's not HRA. It's HSA, Health Savings Account, um, and it's typically around seven hundred fifty bucks, a thousand bucks, something like that, depending on whether it's one person or family. Um, that money is goes in tax free. It's protected from taxes. If you have a good year, healthy year, you don't use your health savings account, and you're not required to use it. Okay, in every plan, you get a free annual physical. Okay, maybe you're going to get uh, go your free physical and maybe another doctor's visit, a couple hundred bucks. You could pay out of your HSA account, but maybe most of it carries over. Next year, you stay in the same plan. There's another chunk of money put in that account. It never expires. It rolls over. It grows over time. You can invest the money through the fiduciary that, that holds it. Uh, and so it goes in tax-free. It grows tax-free. And when you take it out for health care, you can take it out tax-free. And lots of people build those accounts up, and you can put extra money in it, by the way, under various circumstances, okay, including as you get older, there's something called catch-ups, 
Okay, the details you can read about in the brochure of any high deductible plan. They have a nice. Set, they all have a very well written section on how the plan works. But it's a, a great option that most people should consider because these plans have tended to attract healthier and younger people, even though they work just great for older people. So they tend to have lower premiums as well as this tax free, tax sheltered account that you can build up for for years or decades. And I thought I read, maybe it was one of Kazi's articles um, this morning, that you can actually use that to pay the premiums in some of yeah, these? Yeah, you, yes, you can. Um, you, it, actually, as a practical matter, it's the, how do I say this? That's really not how you do want to pay the premium. But, but in effect, there's a dollar here, there's a dollar here. It, can, yeah, it frees up money you'd otherwise have right. to use to pay the premium right. is the way in practice you would probably use it. But yes, some of these accounts you can actually use, and there's another category of plan called consumer-driven, with an HRA account, or usually called a personal savings account, that's not money you own, unlike an HSA. If you leave the plan and there's a balance, the plan keeps it. But those plans, uh, particularly several of them say, hey, use use your personal savings account to pay your Medicare Part B premium. And whether you pay it directly that way or not, yes, it frees up that money uh, on, on a big scale. Um, so... so Let's so we were talking about the high deductible and consumer driven. So so why don't you, uh, let's just talk a little bit about what a high deductible plan is, the pros and cons, you know, and and how the HSA you know plays into that. Yeah, they, that's I think this is why people tend to be afraid of them uh, because they all start you all you get your free annual physical, and then you have this uh, savings account. Let's say you decide you're going to use the savings account, and let's say it's a thousand bucks for you and your family. Well, you're not paying 30 bucks a copay for a doctor visit. If the doctor visit costs 200 bucks, you know, you're paying the 200, okay? And if you have five doctor visits, you've used up that $1,000, okay? At that point, the deductible kicks in, and that may be a $1,500 deductible. You pay the next 1500 out of pocket, cash. And then regular insurance kicks in, okay? And the insurance coverage in all these plans is very good, and they have excellent catastrophic protection, Okay, but it's that those first three tiers that scare people a little bit. Um, the plan, the purpose of that, the plans are trying to encourage you to be frugal in your healthcare spending. You're going to think twice before you take that $200 name brand drug when there's a $20 generic out there and you're paying the full cost. Okay, you're going to think twice about do you really need five specialist visits or just one will do. Okay, so it's, it encourages people to be cost conscious. Uh, and boy, do they become cost conscious. And indeed, people in high deductible plans spend a lot more, excuse me, a lot less on average, okay, than people who are not in those plans. But how do you, I mean, how do you evaluate, you know, whether something like that would be appropriate, you know, for you? I would think some, maybe a younger employee might be looking more to that. There might be more savings there. Is it as simple as, hey, if I went with the Blue Cross standard or whatever, do I add up? What I would have paid all year in premiums versus this. What's the difference? It, what am I going to be out of pocket anyway? You, you have that, barring it's a catastrophic simple, but event. But that's exactly the pro, the thought process you go through. That the virtue of what we do is we do that for you. So we we actually do a computerized analysis of each plan, and we figure out how much is it going to cost you to be in Plan A in a low cost year, in a high cost year, or in an average year, and some years in between. So, and the high deductible plan is a good example of in a low cost year, they blow everybody else away because you spend nothing, okay? Uh, in a high cost year, you may actually spend a little more, okay, in a high deductible plan than you would in a regular health insurance plan. And in a very high cost year, the, the catastrophic protection kicks in and, and most of these high deductible plans are at or below 
the practice, you know, they have an equal or better protection than most traditional plants. Most people can't do the math themselves. Okay, <laughs> we do that math for you. That's me. Now, I can't let me do give the math. you a simple example. If you are a diabetic and you know you're going to spend two thousand bucks a year at retail on drugs year in and year out, probably you don't want to be in a high deductible plan. Okay. These plans are really for people whose health costs are relatively unpredictable, maybe high one year and low the next year, and you can plan over time. It's really think of it as a multi-year. Does checkbook do that? I mean, do you have an algorithm in there? You know, you put in these variables where it says, "This is you know, alert, alert. This is a bad plan for you." I mean, does it? We don't alert you, but yes, we. In effect, we do that because what we do is, we we actually let you. For example, you can sort our results by high cost year. Okay. okay. So, and the plans rearrange themselves. The computer goes work, click home, and all of a sudden, the plan that was the number one least expensive option for you now turns out to be in tenth place, and another plan has popped up in first place. So, yes, we give you the ability to make those kinds of of adjustments based on your you and your family's health circumstances. We're not going to sit there and count drug by drug right. or count right. doctor visits. No one knows how many doctor visits it's going to have. But well, we it, can certainly show you how well off you'll be in each plan. Some plans win in almost every circumstance. Kaiser as a, Kaiser HMO would be a good example. It's hard to go wrong with that plan. And so that, that gets high marks, particularly here in the, in the D.C. area I was reading, right? Yeah. The, the, oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to stop here for our third break to hear a word from our sponsor. When we return, we'll wrap up today's discussion with Walt Francis and help you make some final decisions about choosing the right health plan for you and your family this open season. Make long-term care insurance part of your retirement plan. Long-term care is expensive, and it's not covered by traditional types of insurance plans. With benefits designed specifically for the federal family, the Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program offers a smart way to help protect savings and assets and remain independent should you need long-term care services someday. Start planning for the future. Take the next step and visit ltcfeds.com today. That's ltcfeds.com. Welcome back to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. We're entering our last segment of the show, and we are talking with economist Walt Francis and the author of Consumer's Checkbook Guide to Health Plans for Federal Employees. Um, so when we took our break, we were talking about the high deductible plans. Um, something that's similar to that is called the CD plans or consumer-driven plans. How is that different? How do those work? They operate essentially identically except for the fact that you're – the savings account you get is not personally owned. So with an in a high deductible plan with an HSA account, you can change plans next open season and that HSA stays with you. It's it's that's we we'll go back to the it's like an IRA in, on steroids. It's your money, okay? The uh, the consumer driven plans have a very similar structure. They have a high deductible. They usually have a bigger personal savings account, okay? So if you're willing to stay in the plan a few years, you can build up the account quite a bit and in effect your health care is free. We actually have found for some of these plans that the amount of money in the account, if you spend it, okay, or if you don't spend it, in effect, the, the the premium, it covers the cost of the premium, even though you don't pay the premium with it usually, okay? So it's like free health insurance. It's not, I put free in quote marks because it's not totally free, but 
technically free, but it, it has the same effect on your wallet as if it were free. So those choices, and there's a bunch, there's about a dozen of them, okay, are, are a major category. But they operate fundamentally, once you're passed, there's a savings account and there's a deductible. They operate the way traditional health insurance operates. They have a preferred provider network. You get a better deal with in-network providers. Uh, they'll pay 80 90%, okay? Um, and so they're very much like traditional health insurance. Some of these plans, when you look at them, the, the high deductible and consumer-driven plans um, seem to be specific to particular groups of employees and agencies. Um, and people, I have heard, shy away from them. They think they're not eligible for them. But, in fact, all employees are typically eligible for, for those. Yeah, the fact that a plan says National Association of Letter Carriers or right. something like that, no, it's open to everybody. There are a couple of plans that you that you have to be. Foreign Service and Compass Rose are restricted. Rural Carrier is restricted. So all our listeners who are rural postal carriers, yeah, you you have a plan no one else gets, and it's a pretty good plan, by the way. Because you're a rural. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else gets to join. But we have these other categories, uh, HMOs, okay, and traditional plans. Well, let's talk about HMOs. Let's let's talk a little bit about how they differ from you know either the high deductible plan and traditional plans, and what are the pros and cons with an HMO. The the differences used to be huge. Okay, the HMOs they still remain. They're basically paper free. They have a network. They if typically if you go out of network, you have to pay it all. They pay nothing. Okay, um, most of them have broad networks. It's like it's in fact the some of these networks are like United or Aetna or you know Blue Cross. It's not a it's not like it's some piddly network. Kaiser has a much more limited network, but it's still pretty big because it's Kaiser doctors. Um, That's what I used to love about Kaiser when I was in the government. I'd Kaiser, I go to one building and I can see all my doctors. Yeah. <laughs> one parking charge. But, but the, I think the biggest distinguishing characteristic these days is HMOs. In, in most cases, there are some exceptions. Uh, make you pay everything if you go out of network. And by the way, there even in a Traditional plan, if you go out of network, you're only going to get like 50 cents on the dollar. But yes, the Blue Cross, the GIHA, the NALC, uh, APWU, those, those, the high and standard options in the, those national plans, uh, they do have, they have a network, okay? Uh, you, you pay, you know, 20 buck or 30 buck copay if you stay with doctors in the network. Um, if you go out of network, they'll say, we'll pay 70% of our allowance. Well, their allowance is a low number. It's usually the amount they would pay a network doctor. And the practical effect is you'd pay half or more your cost out of network. So the, these differences are shade, are moving, are disappearing, okay? So we're, we're encouraging people, don't think of the category the plan is in. Think of the issue of, is my doctor in the network, okay? And he may be in an HMO network and not in a, some national plan network. Um, like, like historically, people were down on HMOs because you know you had to have a gatekeeper. They called it. You know, it 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 was it was almost mere, you know, should I use the word bureaucratic, you know, and it just more red tape that they had to go through. But I, but if I'm listening to what you're saying, you know, it's something like you know a lot of you know HMOs were listening, and a lot of that stuff is going away. It has gone away. There's almost no gatekeeping left, and it's only it's very rare. So. That that the point is that, again the differences are pretty much disappearing so people should not be saying I'm not an HMO person uh, before they think about things they ought to look at the ratings of the plans without regard to that and then maybe it makes a difference between the two top or three top rated plans they're going to choose from but don't start out thinking you're going to write a whole category of plans out of the, out of your choice. So um, I have a question about uh, Blue Cross. I, I actually, a friend of mine knew I was doing this show and was asking me this question: the difference between 
you know, because I perceive Blue Cross Blue Shield as one of the largest has one of the larger federal employee plans. I may be wrong. I, you know, I, oh, I no, no, it is. It, it is. Okay. Um, <laughs> but he was asking me the difference between Blue Cross Basic and Standard. Okay. Let me just say, Blue Cross, those are the two largest plans in the system. And between them, they cover about 60% of all employees and retirees. So they are the, they are the elephants. Not just in this area. The no, entire, entire Okay, wow. They are the elephants in the room, okay? Um, and the Blue Cross Standard Option is the single most popular plan. It's sort of... It's the Cadillac plan of the system, okay? It's the D, it's the plan everybody knows is safe to be in, and by golly, it is safe to be in. And so, unfortunately, it tends to attract people who are older and sicker disproportionately, okay? And its premiums have to cover its costs. So the rates so have to go up. Its rates have gone up very substantially. Blue Cross Basic uh, is a much better deal than Blue Cross Standard. Basic is one of the plans we rate highly in almost any every circumstance, and the main reason for that is the difference in premium. The benefits are very – they're different in detail. For example, standard has a deductible and basic doesn't. But, you know, and the co-pays are a little different and so on. But when you when, when you run it through our computer and it out pops the number, the out-of-pocket costs in both Blue Cross Standard and basic are almost identical. And so they're both, you know, they're both very good. Okay? So the question is why not save a ton of money by moving to Blue Cross Basic? Well, there's one catch. Blue Cross Basic only pays you in network. In that respect, it's like an HMO. Okay, now it's a huge network. It's the Blue Cross network, but if you go out of network, you're going to pay it all. Standard pays roughly, in practice, roughly half or a little less. You need to make sure all your all your people are in network. Yeah, or and I've got two tricks for everybody who worries about network. First, there is something called paying cash. You know, <laughs> hey, if you could save two thousand bucks in premium. And then you go to a doctor that you have to pay in cash for right. two hundred bucks. Right. You're still eighteen hundred dollars ahead. Right. Duh. Right. But it's also open season for flexible spending accounts. Yes, yeah, so that's the other thing to mention. Yeah. FSAs, totally different from anything we've right. talked about. And these are accounts you set up every year on your own. You have until December fourteenth to do it. It can be up to twenty five hundred and fifty bucks, and it's to cover costs that you're going to pay out of pocket next year. That could include, and it's a, there's some roll. Some of that money can roll over, but basically, it's spending that you will have next year. I stress every year that we get the right amount in there that we use it to the penny. Yeah, it's <laughs> a, hey, let's go buy and get our pair of glasses. We get a pair of glasses on, on New I Year's do that Eve each year well, in don't, November. Don't estimate that badly. But look, you know, if you have drugs, you're paying the copay on. Uh, okay, every every month, you can figure out what that is. If there's a doctor you want to go to out of network three times. You you know you can call his office and say well, roughly what's the charge, okay? Um, there's copays and coinsurance and stuff. Most of us are going to have hundreds and or thousands even of dollars out of pocket, almost no matter what. Set up an FSA account. So let's uh, talk to, for retirees. Let's talk a little bit more about the impact of Medicare A and B on on a variety of these plans. Okay. Um, the 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 pro of Medicare A and B is. I like to think of it as political insurance, an ad in case the Congress messes up FHVP or Medicare, but not both. If you're in both programs, that's a plus. It's a sleep better at night kind of insurance for people who are worry warts. But Part B is pro is not the best choice for people who are green eye shade accountant types of people who count every penny because you're paying two premiums. And that wonderful plan you had at age 64 didn't get worse at age 65. People, Some people think that's the case. It's not the case, okay? So you're going to pay extra premium, and you're going to not get you're not going to even get back half that money in extra premium. The wraparound is how you get back 
up to half, okay, but it's not going to get it all back except in very rare circumstances. So it's a choice people have to make. The kicker is there's a penalty if you don't sign up at age 65 or if you're still working at whatever age you actually retire. So it's a 10% of your penalty. So you're sort of forced to, to make that decision at age 65, but it's not an irrevocable decision, okay? You can join Part B now and drop out three years later. You can decide to postpone it three years and pay a 30% a year thereafter penalty. But meanwhile, you've saved all those premium dollars. So a lot of choices, a lot to think about. Most people pick up Part B. Oh, Aetna Direct is such a good deal now for people with Parts A and B that I think that the, and a couple other very good deals now that that we have OPMs letting more plans do a wraparound and it really works well in that, in that plan and a few others. What do you mean they're letting? They have to approve of the wraparound? They have, they have to approve every yeah every benefits plans offer. But they they said you know they've said in their call letter the last couple of years, hey, we want you to think about finding better ways to coordinate with Medicare so we can get more people into Medicare. Medicare, there's the cost still have to be paid, but Medicare will pay them for Medicare would be primary. So are most of the big plans now offering the, the wraparound? All the national plans virtually have all have offered it all along, okay? Uh but the H high deductible consumer driven plans weren't offering it and now three or four of them, and they're also national, do it, okay? Uh and a bunch of the HMOs are now doing it. So you really have a lot of choices, and it can really pay in some cases, particularly if you're thinking about a consumer-driven plan where the, or high deductible where the deductibles are really high. In about 30 seconds or less, if you're, you know, what considerations do you for, you know, if you're planning to retire within, say, the next year or three years, um, are there specific things you should be thinking about this open season? There's one, the five-year rule. Five-year you rule. must be continuously enrolled in some plan. You can change it open season. Some plan has to be covering you as a whole, as the plan holder or the spouse continuously for the five years before you retire. TRICARE counts towards five, the, those five years, but on the fifth year, the year you retire, you have to be in an FEHB plan. So that's all the time we have for the show today. Walt, thanks so much for spending some time with us and sharing this important information with our listeners. And thanks to all of you for listening and joining us today. Just a reminder that Fed Talk is brought to you by the attorneys of Shaw, Bransford, and Roth. And since this is my last show for the year, I want to wish everyone in the federal community a safe and very happy holiday season. See you next year. <laughs>